Bacon. During the day Kathkin heard the distant buzzing twice more, although the flying objects seemed to be concentrating on the area to the south of the Solarian stones. He moved to the northern edge of the small woodland and climbed up into one of the trees that provided a good view of the ground he would have to cover during the night. From his new height he saw that the stream running through the wood originated somewhere in the forested slopes at the northern end of the valley. He could see that a human road skirted the eastern side of the valley, perhaps so that travelers could keep as far away from the stones as possible. He decided to follow the line of the stream as the going might be easier and he would have a reliable guide. There was also a chance that he might catch some unwary creature that had come to the water to drink. Satisfied that he had planned that night's journey as well as possible he crept back to his original shelter and the patch of mud he had seen earlier where he rolled in the slimy mess, attempting to work it deeply into his coat. Kathkin was eager to start traveling as his paws were still very sore and he wanted to be able to travel more slowly so that he could pick the easiest path. However, night fell with a slowness that seemed to be purposely intended to exasperate him. High clouds caught the light extending dusk for long annoying minutes. At last, he felt that it was dark enough for him to start, but a faint buzzing caused him to look towards the stones. Another flying object was approaching from the south. He decided that he would wait to see where it went before he left cover. To his surprise he saw it descend and several figures jumped from it. Then it rose again into the air and flew once again towards the distant sea. He saw the figures walk towards the mound and start up the spiral path. There were five men, two of whom were accompanied by what he thought might be large dogs. He watched as they climbed. He could clearly see glowing red dots that made him think that at least three of the men were wearing goggles. The lead dog suddenly veered off the path and started pulling its handler up the slope. Kathkin felt cold, that was where he had left the path himself. They were hunting him. It was time to go. He thought about his trip away from the stones. His feet had been bleeding, which would make him easier to track, but for the last part of the trip he had walked along the stream bed which should help. He realized that he had to modify his plan slightly. He would still travel in the stream as much as possible but would stop to roll in anything strong-smelling, no matter how foul. Anything that would disguise the distinctive scent of a cat. He took to the shallow stream and started running northwards. As he emerged from shelter, he realized that that the high clouds seemed to be thickening and were being blown northwards. This should work in his favor as he was downwind of his pursuit and the clouds should cut down that available light. If he was really lucky it would rain, making the dog's task even harder. He had covered about half a mile when a distant and insistent baying came from the south. The cat knew that the men had released the dogs to hunt. He was certain that he was running for his life, and should he be taken, he would not suffer a quick clean death. Ignoring the pain of his feet he ran. After another mile he was certain that although the pursuit was still far behind him the occasional baying of hounds sounded closer. Kathkin jumped onto a rock in the center of the stream. He had to take a risk and use some magic. He thought he was far enough away from them to prevent them sensing the minor spell he was considering. It was magic he had used several times before while running errands for Lantrony and he knew he could sustain the spell for hours. He inhaled deeply and was sure that he could smell rain in the air and was certain that there would be some precipitation, even a light drizzle would help him. The running water of the stream should also help to smother the burst of energy that accompanied any but the smallest magic use. He could cast this spell in seconds, but if he cast it badly it might fail and if it did there was a chance that a backlash could stun him. If that happened, he would be run down. His master had taught him how to settle his thoughts, to achieve a calmness of mind even in a crisis. As he did this, he started to visualize what he needed the spell to do. Once he was ready, he allowed his power to build, Drawing it mainly from the wind as this was, he thought, appropriate. Then he purred his incantation, although an alert listener might have detected some human words in the spell.
Kafkin released the last syllable, meowing the word as the amount of power he released shocked him. It wasn't enough magic to be noticed, he hoped, but it was definitely more that he had ever handled as a familiar. For a moment he suffered an intense feeling of pins and needles all through his body and he meowed again in pain as the magic took hold. Then the discomfort vanished, and he felt his limbs tingling with strength. Kafkin leapt from the rock back into the stream. The spell enhancing his own speed as he ran faster than he had ever moved before. He was certain that he could keep up this ground-eating stride for several hours. Even though he knew he was outrunning the hunters he still took the precaution of rolling in anything that would help to deaden his scent. Quickly the sounds of baying fell behind and were lost. Kafkin followed the stream into the forest but had to abandon it when he came across the pool that was its source. He stopped for a few moments to drink and became aware of a drumming noise on the forest canopy. It was raining hard. A game track led to the pool making it obvious that animals like deer came here to drink. As the path led generally northwards and was starting to get muddy, he decided to keep running. After three hours he felt the spell fade and in a few steps he went from running to an exhausted plodding. The cat left the path looking for some shelter and found the remains of a fallen tree which provided him with a shallow overhang. He slipped into a deep and undisturbed sleep. The rain preventing any of the forest predators from smelling his odor. Kafkin woke with the dawn. He was stiff and in pain, every muscle seemed to ache and worst of all his paws hurt badly. He was covered in mud and other noxious substances. He was hungry, thirsty and very tired. The rain had however stopped which was the only good thing about the morning. He got up and stretched, which although uncomfortable helped to ease his stiffness. Sitting down he started to clean himself only to feel nauseated by the reek of everything he had rolled in. He really should have drawn the line before fox dung. Glancing at his feet he could see that he had collected quite a few more cuts, while some of the earlier gashes were swollen and looked infected. He would have to spend a lot of time cleaning them, and soon or else risk a serious and crippling illness. Ruefully he smiled, as he had no access to any healing magic he would have to recover in the old-fashioned way. The cat rose onto his hind legs and sniffed the air. There was a body of water no great distance away. He decided to move towards it and use the water to mask a cleansing spell. He knew that he would feel better after a good wash. The water source proved to be a small pond, surrounded by reeds on three sides. A square-sided standing stone rose from the middle of the pool and a very old set of steps led from the open part of the bank into the water. From a few feet away he could feel an enchantment. The stone had a permanent rune of purification cast on it. This was the work of vanished and ancient people whose roadways could still be found in the northern parts of the realms. All along their tracks, pools like this, or their ruins, could be found each slightly further apart than a fit man could comfortably travel in a day. The bards called them the Seedway Gogletal although very little was known about them. He decided that after cleaning himself he would spend a short time looking for insects to assuage his hunger. Having eaten he would then travel northwards until dusk, before finding somewhere he could rest up for a day. If he was still being pursued, and he hoped that the rain had washed out his spore so that tracking him would become a long and tedious business. However, lead or no lead, he had to rest and do something to his paws. Most importantly of all he had to eat. The cat smiled, when a decision is forced by necessity it becomes an easy one to make. About twenty minutes later Kafkin hobbled out of the small pool. He was very wet and had a bad headache, probably as a result of using magic while extremely hungry. To his great satisfaction, though, he was completely clean. He sat for a few moments near the pond letting the early morning sun warm his coat. He had eaten yesterday so another day or two without food didn't really matter, in a dire emergency he could rely on magical nutrition, but only as a last resort. The wind shifted slightly, and he sat up straight. Somewhat upwind had just put some bacon on to cook. 
there was no way of knowing if they would be prepared to share this bounty with a strange cat. If they didn't look friendly, he might be able to steal something from their pack or even find something that they'd thrown away once they left. He knew he had to try. He was weaving through some thick undergrowth, knowing that in only a few yards he would be able to see the cook, when he heard movement close by and a quiet, but clearly startled, exclamation. Good morning my lady. A rough male voice filled the sudden silence, aren't you going to ask three weary and wet travelers to share your fire and perhaps offer a cup of something hot? No since I have nothing to share. The answering voice sounded like it belonged to a young woman. The food in my pan is all I have until I can get more, and the next town is a long day's walk. That isn't very welcoming, and the three of us are damp from yesterday's rain and need a fire to warm us through. There is a clearing a minute or so in that direction, with plenty of fallen wood, some of which I noticed was birch. If you pile some of that wood up, I will willingly let you have a shovel full of my glowing embers to start your campfire going. Kathkin didn't like the tone of the man's voice or the reference to there being three of them. As a cat he could recognize another predator without much effort. His carefree walk turned into a prowl as he closed with the fire. Finally, he crouched into a stalk as he reached the last few bushes and could look out at the scene. A young woman, in faded but very serviceable traveling clothes, was standing on the other side of a small fire. Behind her was a pack, water bottle and an instrument case. There was a pan on a stone by the fire and the cat thought she had been tending it when the men arrived. To his right and about twenty-five paces away three somewhat rough-looking men had just emerged from the woods. Kathkin noticed that the outer two were moving slowly moving sideways. Probably to outflank the girl. Why thank you, my lady, that is a mighty generous offer. But seeing as you have a fire all lit, a pot of some hot drink and I'm sure a well-prepared traveler such as yourself has more food in your pack. I think we will share your campfire with you. No. You won't. The girl touched a brooch on her jerkin, I am a bard and, by all laws and customs, those of my calling travel unmolested wherever we want. A bard. The tough sneered, well Missy, your instrument is cased, and should you try to sing any spell, before you can complete your chant, we will have subdued you. I'll tell you what will happen, you will welcome us to your fire and share all your hot drink and food with three weary travelers. I don't think I will, the bard stated flatly. If you try to take what is mine my college will put a mark on you and will pay out a bond for whomever can take you down. The leader laughed unpleasantly, no missy unless you do as you're told, you'll be dead. Cooperate and maybe I'll be merciful and only cut the tendons in your wrists, so you'll never play again. We're not afraid of your college, the man on the right joined the conversation. We're wanted men. I have the death sentence in twelve cities. I'll give you a single chance, the girl sounded calm. Leave now and live or die if not here, then soon. I care not what you choose. Now that isn't pleasant, my lady, you have no right to threaten three honest travelers. I think you need to be taught your place, so after we've eaten you will lie with the three of us. None of us have enjoyed a woman's comfort for a long time and I feel that it is the least you can do to apologize for your rudeness and lack of hospitality. You are out of your mind. The girl sounded absolutely confident but Kathkin could smell her fear and knew that she was desperately trying to think of a way out of her predicament. No missy, it isn't as if you are any great beauty. A plain girl like you should be honored to entertain three such strong men as ourselves. The leader took step forward, quickly followed by the other two. The cat looked at the girl. She was a bard and had the knowledge to heal the injuries to his feet and could help him as he recovered his strength. His survival chances were greater with her help. The situation was desperate enough for him to use magic. Shaping a minor cantrip, he concentrated on the girl and then released a thread of magic, as the spell bridged the gap between them he whispered. You are not alone. 
On their third step I will attack their leader. Their confusion should give you time to cast. Do not be afraid of me. He saw the bard straighten up slightly, then she spoke, her clear voice reflecting an inner mirth. You, say I'm no beauty, but when I sing all men desire me. Yet none would ever attempt to force me against my will. You talk big outlaw, but should you take two more steps all three of you will die. As the girl spoke, she shrugged her shoulders and the cat saw a tuning fork drop into her right hand. Caesar. The leader shouted panic making his voice shrill, once we have enjoyed her then we'll find an amusing way to kill her. As the man took the first of the two steps Kathkin threw energy into a spell he knew from his days as a familiar. His old master had occasionally needed help when his own body was not strong enough, to carry everything he needed for a longer trip. The outlaws took the next step as raw power slammed through the cat and he launched himself forward. His battle cry going from a less than intimidating squeak to a mighty roar as he magically grew to at least eight times his usual size. His right paw batted the nearest man down as he pounced on the leader. Kathkin felt his teeth shear through the man's throat as his target crumpled beneath him. The cat heard the tuning fork ring and there were two distinct popping. From the corner of his eye he saw one of the men go down as what appeared to be a small rainbow disc hit his chest, and he dropped obviously in extreme pain, his fingers clenching the cloth over his heart. He trashed around for a few seconds, his face turning blue, and then was mercifully still. Thank you, mighty warrior. The girl's musical voice restored him to his senses, and he stopped savaging the body under him. If you could drag the carrion out of sight and perhaps return to a more comfortable size, I will willing share my breakfast with you. As a bard I love stories and it would please me to hear yours. Kathkin purred his ascent and dragged the bodies into the trees. Before ending the spell, he loped back to the seedweight pool and rinsed the blood off. A well-mannered cat does not sit down to breakfast with a bard while covered in gore. He returned to the glade to find that the girl had divided the bacon, which she had served with fresh flatbread cooked in the hot grease, onto two plates and was pouring some type of tea into a battered cup in a bowl. I don't know if you drink teas, but I find that this one acts as a restorative. She bowed formally towards him. Welcome, in friendship to my fire, stay in peace and when we part go forth with my blessings. I accept your welcome. I in turn offer you peace and friendship with my goodwill upon our parting. He saw her smile as he made the correct reply. I think this morning will be interesting, Master Cat. My friends call me Jayula. Recently I have been known as Kath. Since I'm on a new road, perhaps my previous name should stay with my old life. Thank you then Kath for rescuing me. If you hadn't intervened, I fear my song would have come to a screaming end in this glade, and not quickly. 